It is Cofield and Company on this Monday. We roll on. I don't, I don't get it, but for whatever reason, other people on this show think our friend Arash Markazi, or their friend Arash Markazi, is a good guest, so they want us to talk to him from the Sporting Tribune, works with our guy Willie. Arash, what's up, man? What's up, boss? <laughs> what's up, man? What a what a great honor to be on with Adam Hill <laughs> and Willie, you as well. Uh, beautiful day here in Los Angeles. Lakers oh. ready to uh, go up 3-1 in this series. Ah, Los Angeles, huh? That's where you are? Well, the Lakers are playing tonight. I'm not in um, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, unfortunately. That's, but, uh, yeah. That's fair. I figured you'd be... In you, what you claim is your adopted hometown of Las Vegas. Well, it must not be any council meeting for the mayor to be at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, were you in? Were you in LA on Saturday? I was in LA on Saturday. Listen, I mean, if you if you have your uh, finger on the uh, pulse of Las Vegas, you know the next big professional sports team is not the Oakland A's; it's the NBA, and the co-owner sure. of that team will be LeBron James. So it's my job to get as close to LeBron James as possible right now. That's not the answer that we were looking for, Ross. I'm sorry you lose control of the board. I thought you were going to say, when you have the pulse of Las Vegas sports under control with Willie Ramirez, Steve Karp, Kevin Martin, but you just dropped the ball. I mean, no shout-out to your to your crew. No, listen, we got the best crew in Las Vegas, Willie Ramirez, Steve Karp, Kevin Martin and Norm Clark. I saw that. The legend Norm Clark joining us. How great is that? That's big. Uh, actually, my question had nothing to do with the sports, Arash. Uh, I know. <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm not trying to give away anything, but I know you are conveniently located when you are here in Vegas, very near what was the best concert of the year that I did not get to go I to know. on Saturday. So I figured you'd be here just taking advantage of that. Now, listen, I did not expect this run by the Lakers. They ruined a lot of plans I had in terms of being in uh, in Vegas. Yeah, I got a nice view of the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. And, um, yeah, listen, concert of the year happening, and I'm here. So, unfortunately, was not there. Okay. So, you mentioned the Lakers. We will get into what is going on in Los Angeles, your real hometown, where you should just, just stay. Uh, <laughs> Lake, Lakers are – Obviously, they've they've gone further than people thought. They're outperforming expectations in the series. Is this real? One hundred percent, it is real. The defensively is the big key. I, I know you guys touched on it previously. Where they're what they're doing defensively, they have not done in quite some time. I mean, this is the best defense they're playing since twenty twenty. Uh, you know, when you win a game by forty points, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies in a closeout game six by forty. They beat. Uh, the Golden State Warriors by 30. I mean, yes, that, that means you're scoring a ton of points, but defensively is why this team is two wins away from the conference finals. It's still crazy to me when, when I saw where they were. This was a below 500 team at the trade deadline, not in the top 10. I mean, they were really trending in the same direction they were the previous year, and they made every right move. Arash, the talent is there. They brought it into the trade deadline, as you mentioned. And, of course, the capability, is it was at their fingertips. How much do we credit Dylan Brooks fueling that fire? You know what? It, 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 that really helped them. I mean, I, I thought talent-wise they had the talent to beat the Grizzlies. But the fire they played with, I mean, you, you, you go to the first quarter of uh, Game 3 after Brooks made the comments, and then they led that game 30 Eight to nine, I think, after the first quarter. And so, yeah, defensively, 
but that that that's continued. You know, I thought there that that wouldn't continue. But you look at the way they played defensively in game one, they're not quite the same in game two. Did they play that way in game three? Their home court is what's not really talked about either. I mean, they have not lost a game on their home court since the end of March. So uh, the way that they're playing is, um, you know, I mean, if they can find a way to win tonight, I, I don't expect them to close it out in game five. But, I mean, if they could beat the Warriors in six, I mean, again, this, this run came out of nowhere. So – Let's say tonight. Let's say they lose tonight. Let's say the the Lakers aren't able to get the job done against the Warriors. Doesn't that mean Saturday didn't even matter? Well, it, I mean, it really depends on where the series goes. Like you got to win four, so like everyone matters. If 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 uh, if if so, yes, they they had to win Saturday. Uh, the, the problem here is, I think that they were good for one road win in the series. They got that one at. In game one, I, I felt that way with the Grizzly series as well. That when people said, Well, if they lose game six, they can win in seven. I said, No, listen, A, it's going to be really hard to win a game seven over there. B, I think that they won their one road game in this series. I, I kind of feel the same way here. If, if the Warriors win and they come back to Los Angeles, I mean, this is trending in the Warriors winning in seven, which was, by the way, I, I love the Lakers. I hope they win. That, 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 that my pre series prediction was Golden State in seven games. So you've covered the Lakers for a long time, covered the L.A. scene, all right? You were there for Kobe's heyday. The Lakers win in the bubble, and it didn't really – it still hasn't necessarily garnered the respect that a lot of people would would think or would like. Um, But being – where they're at in the playoffs, the way they're playing, the vibe they're playing with, Jack Nicholson making headlines and he's returned. What's the vibe like? Is the, is the fan base, is it is it back to another Lakers Showtime level from yesteryear? You know, it's not Showtime level yet. I think a lot of people are still, you know, listen, you can make the joke about it being a bandwagon town. They love the Lakers, but the last year and a half, Again, when they were below 500 a year ago, didn't make the playoffs. It looked like they were trending in the same direction this year. This really happened the last quarter of the season, so a lot of fans are still coming to grips with, oh, my God, like we have a, a contending team here. And then you guys just touched on it, like the odds in Las Vegas where they're right behind the Celtics. How crazy would that be if we got that final second? So it's beginning to feel that way, and I think it really happened in the Grizzly series, with the way they closed out that series, and obviously the way they're playing right now. So, you know, now you're beginning to see the flags on the cars. You're beginning to see people kind of hop on the bandwagon. Again, it's not that they ever left, but this team didn't give them uh, give their fans a ton to cheer for. So we, we mentioned earlier, I think it was something that was posed uh, by Willie, if this team does win the title, which is obviously a long way off, is LeBron on the Mount Rushmore of Lakers, of the Lakers franchise? Yeah, I mean, so here's here's the interesting thing with that question. I I'm going to say yes because what 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 happened was because of the pandemic. Uh, it's it's amazing. Not only listen, I knew opposing teams fans would crap on that championship. It's amazing that even some Lakers fans say, "Well, you know, that doesn't count. It was in the bubble." I mean, here's the thing. They played 60-plus games that season. The Lakers were the number seed in the West. They were the second-best team in the league. I felt they would have won a championship that year. Um, but here's the thing. They didn't win any normal year. They didn't get the parade. They didn't get, they didn't get what normally LeBron would have gotten. 
And so I think if, if LeBron finds a way to lead this team to a championship, he will have won two. This one would have come out of nowhere. Uh, there are only really two successful seasons since Kobe retired. Um, I am going to put him up there. The, with the Lakers, it's unique, though, because LeBron, when he retires, will still be viewed as a Cleveland Cavalier, I believe. Whereas when you look at the greats for this team, it's Kobe, it's Shaq, it's Magic, it's Kareem, it's Jerry West, Will Chamberlain. It's like, it's so, there's so many great players here. But I'm going to put LeBron there just because of the significance of this championship. Wow. There, there's only four spots around. Yeah, I don't think. I, I, I know. And so I'm going to put LeBron there just because, listen, who, I mean, what? So he taking off. We're going to have to go down to the list of what he did. But I really believe his speech after Kobe passed. Uh, we, we forgot a lot of what he did that year because of the pandemic, which I totally get. I, that, that, that was a very significant moment and a significant championship. I'm not giving it to him. Sorry. No, I, no, I, I, got, no let's make, <laughs> put him on the spot. Who are you taking yeah, off? Yeah, who are you taking off? So, you know, um, so, so what I'm going to – my cop-out is going to be I'm going to go with the people that I remember playing. So I'm not going to include it. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to – yeah. I, it's, it's, I'm going to put LeBron on there because he's going to go down as the greatest NBA player of all time. So it's like – I'm not going to light anyone, but so what? I can only name five, right? Four. Is There's only four. Four. Go to yeah, go like to a U.S. Four. history class, Mayor. <laughs> so top four, yeah. Listen, it's going to be hard for him to be a top four, but I'm going <laughs> to squeeze him in somewhere. I'm not going to list it until it's over, though. So no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is if what they win the title, if they win the title, LeBron's on Mount Rushmore, on your Mount Rushmore. It's your, so you don't have to say who you're eliminating, but you got to give us the other three. Who's your Mount Rushmore? So it's, it's, um, magic. Yeah, it's magic, Kareem. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it, Rush. Let's see, Kobe. Yep. So Magic Kobe have to be in it. Kareem will be there. And LeBron, yeah. that's it. So no, that's no, it. I'm no Shaq. Put LeBron, yeah, I'm going to put LeBron. Yeah, in see, there. here's no the Shaq. thing. I mean, I, it's weird because, like, by the way, the Mount Rushmore thing is low hanging fruit. Like everyone's got about Rushmore. I'm going to say the Lakers have so many great players. I'm not going to only say you know they have ten, twelve great players. No, well, so headline: Arash yeah. trashes Shaq. Nice, and Jerry West. I like it. Yeah, That's not bad. <laughs> good, good work. Um, well, I guess, a, there is a lot going on. You mentioned the Golden Knights. You mentioned uh, the Lakers. All in your uh, coverage area over at Sporting Tribune. Go check that out. I mean, your hiring process is just baffling with some weirdos like Willie and uh, Norm and <laughs> Kevin. What a what a crew. Uh, no, it's obviously fantastic uh, assortment of talent that you put together over there uh but you did mention what's going on in vegas with the ace potentially coming but did you say nba comes first no listen i mean i i, I was joking only because I, I do think that'll get uh they'll get the public money i mean las vegas to their credit i mean having lived in california and now uh you know having lived in las vegas as well they do find a way to find the public funding and i know there's a lot of talk about that 500 million They'll find a way to uh, say it's not just about the DAs. There's other events too, like the rodeo, the high school. Some like they'll figure out a way to get the money that they need to make that happen. So I do think the Oakland A's go there. When you look at the attendance, right? That was the DAs. 
Uh, they can play like at a the Las Vegas ballpark. I, I don't think that they think they need to continue playing there. So, um, but listen, the NBA is going to happen, and LeBron will 100% be a part of it. I mean, you know, he's very specific about what he wants to do post career, yeah. and he's very specific about I want to be a part of the Las Vegas team. So, right. there's no question. I think the only question at this point is, you know, what. Uh, project. I mean, T-Mobile, as you guys know, was built to house the NBA. Do they build a new arena for them? What does that look like? But by by uh, by what? 2026, 27, 28, all the major professional sports leagues will be there. Well, and the thing is, remember, T-Mobile was originally built to be an NBA arena. When you walk around the bowels yeah. of T-Mobile, when we walk around downstairs, the signs are even up. It says NBA visiting locker room. I mean, it, it, yeah. the, the, the placards are screwed into the wall. It was built to be an NBA arena. The thought process on improving from when the All-Star game came here to the, T, to, to the Thomas and Mac. So they have a place to play if they need one with immediacy to bring a, a team here. My question is this. With Mark Davis's involvement in Las Vegas, he owns the Aces. He now has brought Tom Brady in. Could you see a power brokerage with someone like LeBron, someone like Tom Brady, someone like Mark Davis? We have talked to, I know Adam has, I have, at different venues, different events. Last year I talked to several. I've talked to, to Boogie Cousins. i talked to Matt Barnes. They have all said that they love LeBron's thoughts and they want in if they can be a part of a, a group. Well, you know, when you look at the value of a, of a professional sports franchise now, you know, it, it's the Las Vegas NBA team will be worth minimum two billion, probably three, maybe more. And so, listen, that that that's why it'll be a group. Uh, there will usually be a face of that group. It'll be probably LeBron, perhaps LeBron and uh, Shaq and Tom Brady. I think you know the, 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 they're probably not going to have a ton of people, but you kind of want to have the. You know, that's LeBron's team. You know, you go back to when Jay-Z, you know, technically owned a piece of the Brooklyn Nets. He, he owned less than 1% of the Brooklyn Nets. But you kind of need a LeBron figure to go on Cofield and company and whatnot to promote the uh, team. Um, <laughs> we did say there's a, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I, I was just thinking also, no coincidence, right, that Bronny's first game is going to be at T-Mobile? No, it's amazing. And by the way, I mean, they, they, that was sort of like the worst-kept secret because for a few games here at the Lakers, you know, uh, he would come with, the, you know, USC's recruiting coordinator and a lot of uh, uh, his teammates now. So, you know, him, you know, being right down the street here at USC, um, listen, there's no doubt about it. Whenever LeBron talks about the NBA, it's not in this vague term. It's Las Vegas. I want to own the Las Vegas NBA team. And the NBA Summer League, as you guys well know, it's gone from an event on the calendar to one of the uh, ten-pole events of the league. So the uh, number of events that LeBron will perhaps be involved with that weekend, that'll continue to grow. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, it's no accident. Bronny James is going to you know, have a ton of his games there. USC, by the way, loves Las Vegas as well. Didn't have a good show in the Las Vegas uh, Pac-12 championship, but still. Who doesn't love Las Vegas? I love Las Vegas. Listen, just don't – whatever you do, just keep this in mind. Don't send any – 
TST USC beat writers and and no USC alumni get to cover that. I got you covered on the coverage of Bronny and the USC debut oh, here that. in Las Vegas. For my guy, that's right. You and the yes, fiance come and just enjoyed the t- time that's as a right. fan. Uh, great, great stuff as always. Of course, Rush. I guess. Uh, what can people check out in the Sporting Tribune? What are you guys working on? Yeah, so the SportingTribune dot com. Willie Ramirez has everything covered as well. I'm not just saying that because he's on the phone. Uh, he's the best. We got Steve Carp. We got Kevin E. Martin, Norm Clark. New column out today. He talked about a strip club. He talked about LeBron James. He talked about King Charles. The guy is everywhere. He's seen everything. So, listen, check us out at SportingTribune.com. Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii, we have you covered. You want to check out Norm's column right now? Great stuff. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Thanks, guys. See ya. Next, we heard strip club both next, of us went right to the website. Next is now. That's the uh, the tagline up at Sporting Tribune. I like it. Uh, for us, next, we'll continue right now. The NHL draft lottery is going on, otherwise known as the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. We'll find out who's picking number one. It's not going to be the Knights. When we continue, Cofield and Company. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. McDavid left goal line, walks in front, he scored! Found an opening in Brossois, short post. Connor McDavid, the power play goal. Took just seven seconds. Second goal of the day from McDavid. The Oilers' third power play goal on their fifth chance. They lead the game 5 nothing at 8.17 remaining, second period. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, the Knights puck drop just a few minutes away. We'll continue previewing game three up in Edmonton as we continue. But in other NHL news, the lottery was just going on and they were up to unveiling the fourth pick when we went to break. They have now revealed that the most likely team to win the draft lottery did not. Anaheim was the most likely team. They had the most uh, chances in the lottery, and they are going to pick number two, which means they are not getting Connor Bedard, one of the most hyped prospects to come around in a long, long time. Instead, they will see Chicago go number one. And, of course, Big market, struggling team gets emerging superstar. What a shock. What a shock. I'm sure the conspiracy theories will be flying, but the Blackhawks will get Connor Bedard. They will pick number one in the draft. We assume that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to do anything silly. They could potentially trade it, but I don't imagine that would happen. I think this is a pick that they will definitely make. He's getting... Or he's been getting comparisons to the the question has been right. So for so long we called Sid the kid the greatest player in the world. Now Connor McDavid has supplanted him, and they're saying Connor Bedard is the next Sidney or Connor McDavid. McDavid actually had skated with this kid um, last summer and said it's remarkable to see he shoots it so hard and with such a quick release. So I mean. The hype that's following this kid immediately before he's even been drafted, 17 years old, Vancouver native, um, it'll it'll be fun to see this growth because this is going to be one of those impact drafts where he could be an immediate 
complexion change for a franchise. Yeah, and certainly for the fans. I mean, no, whether he is what he's believed to be or not, they have a couple of years of getting hyped and excited Marketing, about yeah. a team that has been down for quite a bit. We see the scene in Chicago with people just going ballistic uh, about the chance to draft him. I believe he's playing up in Regina at the moment. Blackhawks, uh, their top distinction? What's that? They are the last, if I'm not mistaken, 2012, the last President's Cup, President's Trophy winning team to win the Stanley Cup. Well, impressive, uh, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Conor Bedard from Vancouver is uh, has been playing with the Regina Pats the last couple of years. Had to get an exception uh, to play in that league while in the WHL while he was too young to do so. Uh, he started there in 2020 when I believe he was 15. Uh, went over and started playing there. It's pretty, pretty wild, and he's played well uh, and now will go into the NHL with Chicago. Uh, Golden Knights, however, are not worried about the future. They're worried about the present. They have Game 3 coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, talked about what went wrong in the game the other day. I think there was a list of things. One of them was just they didn't answer the bell. Uh, they they kind of did later in the game, started to uh, you know f- to match the emotions. But for far too long early in the game, uh, the you know the problem seemed to be that it was just all Edmonton with no answer coming from the other side. And that was what frustrated Bruce Cassidy the most. It was funny that he was he was kind of holding this back. You could tell he was like angry, didn't want to express it, was just kind of holding back a little bit. And finally, it was uh, when uh, the PR guy in the room, Nate, he said, all right, last question. Question was asked, and I think Bruce Cassidy finally decided to let it go. Most disappointing part of the game for me as a head coach. Um you're going to have nights you're going to get out executed, certainly by this team. Uh, they were they were more competitive, but we got sort of out teammated, you know, for lack of a better term. And that's disappointing. That should never happen to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we talked about that, and you know, going forward, that hopefully that's the first thing we correct. You're not going to win if you're not playing as a team. Um, the competitive spirit is in our group. It wasn't here today. It was here game one. It was here as Winnipeg. So it'll come back. I have, I have faith in the guys. We'll execute. We've been a good executing team. But, you know, as sticking together as a team in those regards, especially for a guy that's stuck up for his teammates all year in every situation, we've got to do a better job there. And I think eventually we got to it, but it's kind of late. And so let's do it from the start. Um, I think the team togetherness in the playoffs, it, it shows, right? And the other team senses it and knows it. And we have to get back to that first and foremost and get the compete level up. Execution will come after that. So clearly some frustration there from Bruce Cassidy. It was, but I like the poise and maturity that he used in getting his point across, um, unlike what we saw with uh, Rick Bonus. And now, of course, he was coming off of a, 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 a series um, elimination Lost. game. Sure. In which he, where he called his players out, and then he was called out by his players in the exit meetings. They, they they didn't like it. So I mean, Bruce Cassidy's he's he's he gets his point across, but he but he does it like I said in a very poised manner. He's not going to wear the emotions and come in firing off. We got to do a better job, you know, and get all fired up. Um, it's just it's just not his his style, and and he because he knows what this team is capable of. Um, so. You know that it's 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 a matter of doing what you. Here's the concerning for thing for me, Adam, is in reality, 
in reality, if you look at the the six periods that were played, you could argue that in the first game, yes, Vegas pulled off the win, but they were not winning six four the whole time. They were winning five four. They had we asked them what it meant. We asked the players and Cassidy what it meant to be able to score immediately after Edmonton scored in order to keep pace with them. You could argue that Admi- uh, that Edmonton, in certain parts, if not most of that g- for game one, outplayed, outhustled. It's just that Vegas was able to sort of set a tone, dictate a pace at times, control the puck. But Edmonton did all the right. They just didn't. They just didn't score enough. They got an you know Vegas got an empty net goal and to make it six four. So overall, Edmonton has outscored this team, and maybe overall in six periods has outplayed Vegas. Yeah, well, I don't think there's – this is – I don't think people are going to love this. I know Vegas finished first. Um, oh, I just uh, – they just showed Evander Kane his comment, and uh, I'm in the screen. That's a, that's always fun when they, that's going viral. Um, the You know, I, I think Edmonton was the best team in the Western Conference the last couple of months of the season. I don't I, I don't think that's controversial, even though Vegas won and Vegas has home ice. Uh, I think Edmonton was the best team. Ed, Edmonton was my pick to win. Um, the series and the the title before this uh, playoffs even started, so I, I don't think that's surprising that they played better. But the Golden Knights, you know, got healthy. They had some uh, excitement about the series, and and they won Game One. And so uh, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to roll over and, and die. But I do think Edmonton was a better team, and they've been playing better in this series. So uh, it's it's a tough challenge, and they're going to have to win one of these games. The Knights have to win one of these next two games, whether it's tonight or whether it's Wednesday. They have to make that happen. And if they don't, it's going to be the start of the offseason again. About to get started. Your colleague Ed Graney on hand. VGK with a switch. He tweets starting the Stevenson-Stone-Howden line against, of course, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane. Hmm. That'll be interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, again, they don't they don't get to match up the way that they have at home. When you're on the road, it's, it's much tougher to set matchups. And the home team kind of gets to dictate that. So that'll be something to watch as well. And Edmonton will stick – with those three guys together, if it's not working, I'm sure they'll break them up and try to get some uh, explosiveness on the other lines. But the real key is staying out of the penalty box because they've been the Knights have been okay five and five. And I saw some Edmonton people really mad about uh, Bruce Cassidy saying the game the other day was one one five on five, but it's true, it was. Uh, yeah. the, the Oilers got a shorthanded goal and two power play goals and uh, and well three I guess. And so uh, that's that's where the game was won on special teams. So they got to stay out of the box. They have to be more disciplined and they have to play together. Those will be the big keys. And it also look. We set five forty two and a half. It's five thirty three, and they look like they're getting ready to start. So Whoa. might actually go on time. Uh, we'll see. Looks like it's going to hit the under. You know what? It's the first game of the night. So maybe, the only game of the night. The only game of the night. Yeah. yeah. So, but I so, still thought they would. I thought I still thought they'd delay it. The issue was, I guess, we didn't factor in that they were going to do the lottery and then go right into it. So people were uh, ready to go and jazzed yeah. up already. They already had that, uh, you know, Connor Bedard coverage. Uh, to get people excited about, so they didn't really have to tease this game much. It was already kind of into it. So uh, we'll keep you updated what's going on in the nights. Obviously, uh, you can find that game uh, here on the Lotus family if, if you want, but not until our show's over, of course, because we have so much more uh, to get to you uh, over the next half hour, and we'll, of course, keep you updated on what's going on in Edmonton with the Golden Knights, ready to drop the puck when we come back. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Ari Produces. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. or at ESPN Las Vegas. Okay, still haven't got puck drop. 530, we set for 542 as the 
over under. Still not there yet at 537. Uh, but the game will be starting momentarily. As we said, you could listen to it over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, AM 1340, 98.9 FM. The game coming up, as we said, in just a couple of minutes. But it is also uh, we'll also get you the updates you need here. If there's a goal, obviously, we'll let you know and uh, tell you what is going on in the game. A uh, couple of news that news pieces that came out today uh, that we wanted to address uh, as we roll on on this program. Uh, there was some speculation that the Texans front office, the coach, the GM, uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's obviously Nick Casario, the general manager, uh, did not want to take C.J. Stroud. And that's you know, if you remember the the news and the buzz leading up to the draft was that they were out on a quarterback. There was not a quarterback that they felt. Um, besides Bryce Young, who was going to be gone. There's not a quarterback that they felt deserved to go number two. They didn't feel that they needed to take a quarterback. They could have taken one later in the draft or even potentially traded. Or I think my ideal scenario for Tex- for the Texans would be use the two first-round picks they have next year, completely tank this season, and even if you don't get it, try to trade up and get uh, you know, Caleb Williams next year. I think that was the strategy that they wanted um, and so leading up to the draft, there was so much talk. The Texans are not taking a quarterback. They're not going to do it. They don't believe in C.J. Stroud. They don't believe in any of them. They're not going to take a quarterback. C.J. Stroud would probably be the one they take, but they will not make that happen. And then all of a sudden they did. And so some of the speculation and some of the stuff that came out after the draft was the reason there was so much news about that was because they were leaking. They were talking to the media and saying, hey, we, you know, Casario and, and Ryans were saying we're not taking a quarterback. It's not going to happen. Uh, there was obviously the big movement in the betting market a couple of days leading up. There was some Will Levis speculation. There was also uh, some Will Anderson, some Tyree Wilson even speculation who ended up going to the Raiders at seven. Um, and then news started to come out afterwards. Well, Casario and Ryans did not want to take a quarterback. They did not want to take C.J. Stroud, and the owner made them. Uh, Cal McNair, uh, the owner of the Texans, had come down and said, you are taking C.J. Stroud. That's who we want. And that is what precipitated then Casario and Ryans to trade up using next year's first-round pick, which they were probably saving to try to trade up to take Caleb Williams. They used that pick to then move up and take Will Anderson, who was who they wanted to take at number two. That was the story that's been out there. Uh, Cal McNair said today, not true. That's not what happened. No, I don't believe him. I think that is what happened. Uh, but he said his wife Hannah – uh, Hannah and I don't make the picks. We'll make that clear. We have a great group of scouts led by Nick Casario and James Lippert, and they did a lot of work on the draft board, and then they followed that up on draft day, and they moved up when they saw the value was there and moved back. Um, I don't believe it, but that is what he has said. He said definitively, not our pick. That was a Nick Casario pick. He said, I think you just have to look at the roster, and I think it's a better roster this year, very competitive. They have – they have competition spots on the roster, so I see a lot of progress, a lot of good things. Believe him? No. <laughs> Neither do I. Absolutely not. He can say what he wants, uh, but I just don't believe that's true. I think I think he did make that determination. I think he did say, look, we have to uh, we, we have to get a quarterback. We're not going to keep living in this limbo and wait another year to potentially take a quarterback. Make this happen. I want this to happen. And that seems like the kind of move an owner would make. Yeah, I mean it's that's he he he's I think it's it's clear that 
he is tired of, and of course the team and the organization and the franchise itself up and down is tired of the inconsistency at that position. Like you said, they likely wanted to wait and and hopefully get Caleb Williams, who probably who I would guess is probably going to be um, my my analysis is there's no telling, but is going to be better than the quarterbacks that were drafted this year. Um, so yeah, it it makes sense. Um, it it the the it all lines up to exactly the way you described. They wanted Will Anderson. He pushes the button. They have to go this way. They trade up. Um, but. Those things are going to happen in business, in corporation, in outside of the. It doesn't matter where. I mean, it when when a change needs to be made, and the owner wants something, he's going to push that button, and it's crystal clear that he said, "No, we're getting one of these guys." What do you remember the time I set? Five forty-two and a half. What time is it right now? Five forty-two. Still singing the anthem. It looks like we both <laughs> got ten over, seconds. Right? Yeah, think, yeah, we both. We oh, it's five forty-two and twenty seconds right now. Yep. Tick tick. By the way, right. I tweeted out, I TikToked out game one, the singing of the Canadian national anthem. Yeah. And I put the with the goat emoji yeah. of national anthems. Facts. It was one of the um, most replied to TikToks that I've done. What were people saying? There was a mix of things. It was either positive or in some in agreement. Who disagrees? Agree. Uh, I would say probably a lot of the, I don't know which side. I can always. I, I can, can. I can tell you which at side. John four seven nine two four five six seven. That guy. Is it left side or right side? I can tell you which side. It's, it's <laughs> whatever side. Right side. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. It's object. Like again, dismiss when you lit when you rate songs. You have to dismiss what you feel like the feeling about it. You have to dismiss the tie that it has to whatever patriotic feelings you have the canadian anthem is a better song it's just a better song yes yeah objectively and like anybody that disagrees with that is like america's a great like of course america's here, a great country here, here, for sure here's here's the problem that i have with people that get offended by someone like you or myself danny webster he he, he loves the song right is this they automatically go, oh, so you hate America? Yeah, of course. Oh, we'll leave. So dumb. Wait, what? So dumb. So wait a minute. So if I if I happen to like this song better than that song, all of a sudden, then no, no, no. There's that you're you're missing the whole point. No, but and nobody said that. Nobody said you you're disliking. We're saying that this is the song that we like better. No, I get what the national anthem means to people and the feelings and that thing. The song stinks. That's the point. That has nothing to do with the feelings or the emotions or the patriotism. It's a bad song. It's different. Very different. 543, by the way. Good, uh, good, good. And set. we're underway. Game is underway. 98.9. My, uh, my laptop says 544. So. Okay. Well, well yeah. it's, it's, we're 20 seconds in. So yeah. it's 543 when it actually started. I mean, all I'm saying is that's a great, that's a great line. I said a fantastic number. Yeah. Yeah. Just barely over. And we both took the over, but. Uh, that's about where we were. Golden Knights underway. No fights yet. No goals yet. And we are uh, 20 seconds, 15 seconds. And no power game. plays. So that's a good sign Stay tuned. for <laughs> VGK. We'll uh, continue to give you updates. And also another breaking news in term, another piece of breaking news in terms of sports betting and college sports. It's going to get wild the next couple of years. Be ready. 
Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. While we were gone, the Edmonton Oilers took the lead on the Golden Knights just a couple minutes into the game. And while we were still gone, the Golden Knights tied the game up. 1-1, couple minutes in, what, less than five minutes into the game, 1-1. One to one. Uh, The Oilers' goal, I know, you know, look, it, it's always on the goalie. That's what people are going to say. Uh, but there was a pretty harmless centering pass, and nobody was there to put a body in, on anyone in front of the net. And it was right. just a deflection that, you know, Bissois had no chance. Right, Warren and, Fogel was sitting right there at the doorstep. Yeah. and. Amadio was sitting there watching him. Yeah. So you can't just, that's the out teammated thing. Uh, you can't just let guys go to the net. And that's how the Oilers scored their goal. The Knights uh, put some pressure on the other way. Marcheseau had one deflected into the corner. Eichel put it in front of the net, and Marcheseau came all the way around the net, tapped it in from the other side. So it's tied one to one. Golden Knights and Oilers, I think that response was very, very needed. That's what we saw in game one, where the Oilers put some pressure on. And then the Knights responded, and they responded to each and every time uh, that the Oilers did something. That's why they were able to win that game. Last game, they didn't respond, and they got blown out. So they could a good sign early that the Knights did allow a goal, but then they respond. Well, and to Marchessault's credit, his, his initial tap actually was blocked, and it was a little bit of tenacious work to sort of just work the puck in and around Skinner to, for for extra effort there. I mean, that was completely on Marchessault and his work in the crease after getting denied initially and um, finding the back of the net. So it, And it's the type of response. It's not just the type of response in terms of the quickness, but the type of tenaciousness that this team needs from a guy who's been in a leadership role since year one. Yeah, and so far Edmonton has one shot on goal, one goal. Uh, Knights have three shots, one goal off of those three shots. So, again, continue to update you. You can hear the game after we're off in a few minutes. You can hear the game. Oh, oh that was close. That was close for the Oilers. Uh, over on Fox Sports 1340 and 98.9 FM is where the action will be heard. That's what I'll be listening to as I drive home to cover the rest of the game. And be sure to check out Ryan the Hockey Guy. He is a Buffalo Wild Wings out in Henderson, I believe, of uh, Eastern but uh, he'll be with you in between periods, updating you. But he's out there at Buffalo Wild Wings. Check him out, Ryan the Hockey Guy on Twitter. He's got all the details for his watch party. So I guess we should also mention uh, our friend Ashley Vice talked about all the content they're doing behind the scenes, post game, pre game, uh, between days, all of that stuff. Uh, check out all of their content and follow Ashley up on Twitter as well. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So I, t- I mentioned there was more developments. We, we talked a lot about the sports gambling business today and. Um, some of the rules that have to be changed and looked at and uh, monitored. The most simple one is don't bet on your sports. And if you're a college athlete, don't bet on college sports. Like th- Those things are pretty simple. Those rules need to be enforced. But as it continue, can, continues to expand, it's going to happen more and more. There's so much advertising out there. People are like, oh, let me check this out. Mm-hmm. If you're a college athlete, you can't do it. And, and it sucks, I guess, for you that you can't enjoy some of the things your, you know, your classmates and, and friends get to do, but you don't get to do it. And the report today – the University of Iowa has received information about blank individuals. You want to guess the number? How many individuals did the University of Iowa get notified have been betting? This, But this is the state of Iowa. This is Iowa and Iowa State. No, no, no. This is just the, the University of Iowa. There's Iowa State issue too. 
But the state of Iowa notified the University of Iowa that 111 individuals have been flagged as making bets. Now, according to the school, uh, it's 26 current athletes with the program. Uh, The rest are normal students who are staff members, like athletic department, uh, that sort of thing, former athletes, and some with the university that have no ties to the athletic department, but 111 individuals tied to the University of Iowa, including 26 student athletes currently uh, that have been betting in the state. In addition, Iowa State acknowledged that 15 current athletes across three sports, that'd be football, wrestling, and track and field, are also suspected of violating gambling rules. That's a lot. It is. Um, and here's the thing. This all going down, we're going we're gonna to hear the side of going, this is why they shouldn't. No, this is exactly why they should, why they should have, it, as you pointed out in your column. This is a good thing, people, because if you think that this is all brand new, no, they're just now finding out because of regulation. This is why Nevada has been at the forefront for so long. It is good that there is regulation in these states because now they can nip this in the bud and they can remove foul play when it comes to throwing games, whatever it may be, whatever is involved, but you don't want somewhat of impropriety, if you will, with these college athletes. This is a good thing that this is happening. It's the double-edged sword. Um, Look, I'm not naive and silly enough to say that this doesn't expand the amount of people that are going to be betting. It does. More people will be betting because it's legal and it's it's so easy to do now. And it's it's such a way to go about it. But people were always betting. Right. A certain segment of people were always betting. In college, yes, we have it in Nevada. But if I wanted to make bets that weren't through Nevada, easy to do. Students come up to you all the time. Hey, you want to get want to get an account? You want to do this? Like that happens. It happened. I've talked about it when I was you know on the road for a couple of games, uh, traveling in other places. I was just I would sit at a bar. And somebody would be like, hey, this is before legalization in other states. Hey, you look like you like uh, football. I don't know what that means, but okay. Hey, you want to get a bet down? You got a guy. Like, okay. I mean, it was happening all the time. Now, more people are going to do it because it's legal and it's accessible. But we're also going to catch more that are doing it. And we're, we're able to figure it out. And we can you know, fig- figure this part out. Because before, people were betting and you just didn't know who was betting and how much and where. And so there was a lot more possibilities for shenanigans, as they would say, and now it's just become above ground. And so while more people are doing it, um, it'll be easier to catch the people that shouldn't be. So a good thing. Regulation's a good thing. But, you know, there's a lot a lot to work out, a lot to still figure out, um, a lot of rules to still rewrite and uh, figure out where we're going. But uh, as we mentioned, 26 current student-athletes at Iowa, 15 at Iowa State. No, uh, Iowa basketball was mentioned uh, Iowa State football, but not Iowa State basketball, which of course is the program run by T.J. Otzelberger. Uh, they were not mentioned in this, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, that's the extent of it. And there's nothing, you know, maybe they're just betting on other things and they'll figure it out. They weren't betting on their own games and throwing games and that sort of thing. That's where we really get into a difficult area. Leon Dreisaitl hit a post. Not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't go in. Pretty much everything he shoots goes in. So, a big moment for the Knights. Game will continue. 1-1 tie in the first period. Flip on over, as you said, 1340-98.9 for all the coverage. For Willie Ramirez, a great, great job today filling in for Steve Cofield. We'll be here 
throughout the week, Hill and his homies editions of Cofield and Company with Steve out of town. Thanks to Ashley Vice. Thanks to Arash, I guess. I don't know. One sporting Tribune. You can check them out. Uh, great job by everyone today. JVT as well. Uh, big show. We'll be back here tomorrow with plenty to get into. Cofield and Company. Tim Booth as well from AP.